If you find yourself penciling a deal more than once, it's a problem. Online or in-store, Goobagoo's virtual retailing offers a unified experience and ensures a seamless deal every time. Check it out at gubagoo.com. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Tesla plans an entry-level EV for 25 grand. Mazda revives its rotary engine R&D group for EVs and hybrids, and Ford issues a huge recall. Plus, Pronto CEO and self-driving pioneer Anthony Lewandowski gives his assessment on the state of AVs in 2024. We've been doing this for, you know, decade plus, and we don't really have an understanding of like, well, this is the equivalent dose of, you know, milligrams that provides the, you know, cure for the ailments that you know, we're trying to solve here. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Tesla is telling suppliers that it wants to start production of a new mass market electric vehicle codenamed Redwood in mid-2025. That's according to four people familiar with the matter who spoke with Reuters. Two of the sources described the model as a compact crossover. CEO Elon Musk has long whetted fans and investors' appetites for affordable electric vehicles and self-driving robo-taxis. Tesla watchers and analysts expect those models to be made on a next-generation, cheaper electric car platform. Those vehicles, including an entry-level $25,000 car, would allow the company to compete with cheaper gasoline-powered cars and a growing number of inexpensive EVs, such as those made by China's BYD. BYD overtook Tesla as the world's top EV maker in the final quarter of 2023. We expect to get Tesla's fourth quarter earnings report later today. Come back tomorrow to hear about those results. Mazda's trademark rotary engine is back in rotation, this time for the fight against carbon. For the first time in half a decade, the Japanese carmaker is forming an in-house unit to spearhead commercialization of the funky whirling power plant for use in electrified vehicles. Mazda disbanded its previous standalone rotary engine R&D team in 2018. It folded its engineers into a broader group focused generally on internal combustion. But CEO Masahiro Moto said rotary technology is a key part in the company's identity that needs to be modernized and improved for expanded use in the age of electrification. Speaking earlier this month at Tokyo Auto Salon, Moro said the new rotary team starts work on February 1st. The group will have about 30 people and will focus on electrified and hydrogen-based approaches. Ford is recalling about 2 million Explorer crossovers in the U.S. The automaker cites exterior trim near the windshield that could detach while driving, creating a hazard for other road users and increasing the risk of a crash. The recall covers explorers from the 2011 through 2019 model years. Ford says about two and a quarter million vehicles are being recalled globally. The recall report says customers with an affected vehicle might notice gaps around the loose trim or hear a rattle or excessive wind noise from the A-pillar area. 
And it's the end of the road for a Michigan startup that hoped to pioneer in the area of using robots to change tires. RoboTire is liquidating in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. The company was backed by Discount Tires. According to a court document, RoboTire is carrying $12.7 million in liabilities. It listed $12.3 million in assets. A spokesperson for Discount Tire declined to comment on the case. Inquiries were left with RoboTire and one of its attorneys. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Tesla plans for a 25 grand entry level EV. Will this be the affordable EV we all have been waiting for? And do we know if it'll be built here in North America to qualify for EV tax credits? The expectation is that it will be built in North America, but a uh, lot lots left to be determined. Uh, you know, we know from history that when Elon Musk uh, sets a production goal, it's probably going to be later than that. And when he sets a price goal, it's often likely to be priced higher than that, at least to start. But yeah, directionally, I mean, this is the kind of vehicle, this is one of the vehicles that really can change the game economically and make EVs a really compelling decision for you know, consumers who need their investment in their vehicles to pay off. Right now, there's still a price premium on EVs. There's the inconvenience of, you know, charging outside of the home if you don't have a garage with a charger built in. But a $25,000 or even a $29,000 EV that you can charge at home if you have a garage can really change the economics and be a lot more valuable than, uh, than a regular gas burning car. Yeah, $25,000 entry-level EV. Jamie, yes, I'm taking the over. Uh, <laughs> coming up, we'll hear from Pronto CEO Anthony Lewandowski, who explains his prediction that 2024 will be the year of the robot. That's next on Daily Drive. Daily Drive is kicking off the new year by reviving an old name in a new format. We're bringing back a weekend drive edition of Daily Drive. Jamie and I will go deeper into the biggest automotive stories of the week. Every weekend, you'll hear fresh insights, analysis, and what has me running hot, if not overheated. To think that's going to get done in a year, a little over a year, is um, foolishly optimistic. That's, that's a little dark, but let's shift to something <laughs> a little more positive. You'll also hear from our experts in the newsroom here at Automotive News about the latest industry trends and topics. EV sales are not declining. That's the narrative we're kind of seeing outside of the industry. They aren't declining, but the pace of growth definitely has slowed. Come back this weekend for our Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. And of course, tune in every weekday for all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. We know 95% of customers complete at least a portion of their vehicle buying journey online, so they expect the deal they create on your website to match exactly what they see in your showroom. If it doesn't, you can lose that customer's trust, risking not only that deal, but also any future opportunities. That's where Goobagoo's virtual retailing steps in. We transform the conventional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. With Goobagoo, you'll be able to access information the customer entered online, such as their favorite vehicles, in-progress deals, and any pending orders when they enter your dealership. And our industry-leading F&I process averages nearly three times greater revenue per deal, thanks to our smart menus and bundles. Did we mention that virtual retailing is fully integrated with our premium chat solution? 
Real-time messaging and live support from our team of specialists brings the engagement of your showroom directly to your website. Don't let disconnected experiences drive customers away. Try virtual retailing by Goobagoo, where seamless meets success. Discover the difference and see why over 8,000 dealers and 20 OEMs trust us at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Since the days of the DARPA challenges, Anthony Lewandowski has been one of the pioneers in self-driving technology. Over two decades, he's cut a trailblazing path, sometimes a polarizing one. In 2020, he was sentenced to 18 months in prison for stealing a trade secret from Google related to self-driving cars, months before becoming the head of Uber's autonomous vehicle unit. He was later pardoned by former President Donald Trump in the waning days of his presidency. Now, Lewandowski is back at the helm of self-driving truck company Pronto, which he co-founded, and he says this year will be the, quote, year of the robot. Lewandowski spoke with Automotive News tech and innovation team leader Pete Bigelow on Shift, a podcast about mobility. Here's a piece of their conversation. Anthony, where are we here in January 2024 when it comes to uh, the self-driving dream and, and the reality on the road? Yeah, I would say that the dream is alive and well. Um, and uh, you're you're really seeing where people usually uh, overestimate uh, the progress of technology in the short term and underestimate it in the long term. Um, but, you know, I, I live in San Francisco and, and, and work here. And every day I see self-driving vehicles with nobody in them. Uh, specifically, you know, recently it's only been Waymo's uh, after Cruise, uh, you know, stopped operating in the roads here, but it's really been, you know, eye-opening to be able to see them out on the road, and and you know, hat tip and hats off to the team uh, for putting in. I know the hard work to, to be able to get to this point. Um, but if you look at the whole landscape, it's very mixed, right? So you have San Francisco. Uh, there's other cities as well that have it. Um, you can look at Tesla making a very different uh, approach uh, to the technology being. I would say uh, camera and um, you know understanding the world base versus having a, a high definition, uh, high resolution view of the world ahead of time and comparing that with what you're seeing from Waymo and, and those that, that do a similar kind of approach. So, um, you know, what's kind of missing, I think, is we don't have a good idea of how do we know when we're ready to uh, say that this car is safer than a person or average person or. 90th percentile person like what is it, what are we going for you know and it feels like we're still we've been doing this for you know decade plus and we don't really have an understanding of like well this is the you know uh equivalent dose of you know milligrams that provides the you know cure for 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 the ailments that uh you know we're trying to solve here um and the reason for that is it's very complicated right it's multi-dimensional it's time of day it's who's the operators and what you're using so so i would say in 2024 we're uh, I think we're going to see a lot of progress uh, in deployments where we're finally hitting a stride where it's becoming real. It's real for some. It's it's still, you know, lab testing for others. Something you just said struck me. In 2023, I feel like we saw a good deal of people kind of quietly roll back their their safety ambitions. If, if at one point there's a lot of talk about how there's going to be an order of magnitude reduction in fatalities, I heard a lot of CEOs last year say we're going to be better than a human driver, which seems to me like a a collective 
fall back well, from from where it was. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I, I think it's it's easy to see where the technology will be ten times better than than the drivers, right? But if you look at the drivers, there's a huge range of how safe the drivers are, right? If you look at like a a school bus driver and the rate at which they get in fatal accidents compared to your average, you know, ride sharing driver, you know, that's that's a very wide spectrum, right? And the concept of where the, can the technology get to ten times better? Yes, of course, right. The the question is when. Um, is it going to be 2024? No. Is it going to be 2034? Who knows? Um, but the the idea is that you it's, it's it's almost like medicine. You want to do no harm, right? So if you're providing somebody a trip that they would otherwise take in a very similar ride with a driver, you know, uh, in there, then if you can be safer than that, then that's a net positive to society uh, on that. Now, if you're just rolling out and doing wholesale testing of you know, thousands and thousands of vehicles without actually providing rides, then you're actually, even if you are safer than a person, you're still increasing the the risk uh, as a whole because you're doing something that wouldn't happen otherwise. And so for that, you need to be a lot safer. That's why people have, you know, their safety drivers and so forth. Now, probably reason why people are rolling back to expectations is because they realize we're not close to being 10x uh, as good as a person. But if you're better than a person, whatever that, you know, person means, you can you can have a pretty good impact and, and launch a product. Recently, you said 2024 is the year of the robot. So should I take from that that you see a, a meaningful change in the tra- trajectory that we've been on? Or, or is there some nuance to what you foresee in the year here ahead? I do think so. So so my you know, understanding of, of where kind of the the, the, the technology is, and, and I don't have insights into any particular company, but just understanding generally what's happening is that we're still, you know, one or two breakthroughs away from being able to just drive everywhere like a person can, right? So, so you drive in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, you could be teleported to Frankfurt or Munich tomorrow, and just, you've never been there before. Maybe you have, but like, suppose you've never been there, you could just drive naturally and go there. And that's not how these vehicles work. I mean, the Tesla approach is like that. Um, And, and so it's not quite the same thing. And, and, you know, the analogy is like birds, or planes don't fly the same way as birds do. And so you don't have to be the same way. Um, but you know, w- we don't have the same understanding of the world, right? And you would expect that a vehicle, you know, if it works in one place, it should just be able to work in the other place. Why are we having all this extra stuff to, that's required to, to get it to that level of, of, of safety? Um, and so uh, uh, my view is that, you know, the AI advancements are actually what's going to make these two things, you know, possible. One is like being able to understand the environment. Second is kind of learning from a bunch of logs uh, automatically how other people are going to behave in the situation and figure out what the behavior is. And this, the, the transformer architecture that's been around for a while, but it's getting a lot of attention now is, is particularly well suited for self-driving because it effectively predicts like what's going to happen next, you know, based on, on what you've seen, you know, recently. Given how quickly, at least as an outsider to to a lot of the AI advances, uh, it feels like they're coming rapid fire. In that, um, the pace of change is is dramatically faster. Is is that an accurate read? Uh, you know, from you on the inside, and is that what changes that trajectory that we talked about here yeah, as far yeah, as self driving goes? For sure, I, I think there's there's a continuous improvements. You know, as the teams grind out the bugs and make things you know better. But you really get step functions when there are breakthroughs that happen, right? And so if you think of the transformer architecture was a breakthrough back in 
2017 or something like that. And it took a long time to really get where they are. And then they finally figured out how to scale it. And then you had the GPT-3, which was pretty good. And then 3.5, really good. And then 4 slash chat came out and everybody was like, oh my goodness, it's alive. Right. And so it's not, right. It doesn't actually um, have a, a reasoning context. It's, it's just predicting your next token. But it turns out for driving, you don't need to like invent a new concept. You don't need to do new science. You just need to be able to like properly do the next action based on everything that's going on with you right now and where you're going forward. So you could see some of the advancements like that that happen in one field really help in self-driving and, and, and push it to the next level. Um, does that mean that we're about to see the same step function jump in self-driving? I don't know. It's, it's, it's unknown if it's going to apply that much, but we're definitely going to see some improvements. Okay. I'm going to loop back to AI in a little bit, but first I kind of want to ask you about um, Pronto uh, and in particular, kind of the philosophy that led you to Pronto. Uh, I think you said at some point that, you know, you have to choose whether or not self-driving is going to be a science project or or a product. And, and ultimately you're here to build a product. Uh, is that kind of what led you to, to what you're doing today? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I've loved building products and, and, throughout my whole career. So that's that's where I really focus on. And where I see the technology being ready right now to productize is really on private properties, right? Where you can constrain the, air, the environment, you can make it a little bit easier for you, um, and you can deliver a real safety, you know, measurable improvement as well as like economic ROI on that. And so that's the product that we're making, um, which is, uh, you know, autonomous trucks for quarries and mines. And we, we think that's actually, uh, you know, at the intersection of needed by the markets because of, of the driver shortage and, and labor shortage that they have ready on the technology front and able to provide the value uh, so that the customers have an ROI and, and we have an ROI and we can build a, a profitable business from there. Anthony Lewandowski is CEO of self-driving truck company Pronto. He spoke with our own Pete Bigelow on Shift, a podcast about mobility. They also spoke about other topics, including his conviction for stealing trade secrets from Google and his pardon by President Trump. You can hear the full conversation on Shift wherever you get your podcasts. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Hans Grimo and Audrey LaForest for their reporting for today's podcast. We also have reporting from Kurt Nagel of our sibling publication, Crane's Detroit Business. You can get the latest news on tech and innovation, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.